This Christmas is, you might be one on one extreme, that this Christmas is exciting, this Christmas is fun, this Christmas is full of joy and Christmas spirit, this Christmas is family, this Christmas is friends, this Christmas is, maybe you have some words that feel like that. I don't see many of you writing, so let me go to the other end of the extreme here. <laughs> maybe this Christmas is difficult, maybe it's overwhelming, maybe it's stressful, maybe it's busy, this Christmas is chaotic. Maybe it's on that side of it. Maybe you're somebody that would say, this Christmas is different. And different doesn't necessarily mean good or bad, but usually we approach different with a little uncertainty, maybe a little anxiety, worry, unknowns with that uncertainty. Maybe this Christmas is different in the sense of it's a first Christmas. It's a first Christmas with someone Maybe it's a new baby, maybe it's a new marriage, maybe it's new family members, maybe this is a Christmas with some new, or maybe this is a Christmas that's a first without. It's our first Christmas without someone we loved. It's my first Christmas in this town. It's first Christmas away from people that I love. This Christmas is, what is it for you? Truly, I want you to write something down because that's going to be or what we talk about this morning is gonna revolve around that word, whatever word that is. And again, you could be on any of these extremes or somewhere in the middle, but here's what I would guess about your word. That word or phrase, whatever word you identified with, of this Christmas is fill in the blank. Chances are really good next Sunday, it's gonna be a different word. Because <laughs> today it might be this Christmas is amazing and we got our tree up and we are just full of holiday spirit. When you come in here next week, it's gonna be when's January here. Or maybe you're on this side of it's difficult and it's stressful, but you make it through this next week. And so next week you show up and like, no, now we can enjoy the holidays and families coming in. I don't know where that falls for you necessarily. I'll let you figure that one out. But I know it's going to change. That's okay. This Christmas is. Whatever words you wrote down, I have another favor for you. If you would, we've been asking people to do this all morning, is when you walk out of these doors at the end of this morning, there's uh, these three panes of glass up against our wall. Would you be willing, what you wrote down is for you, yes, but would you be willing to share that by writing that word or that phrase or those words on that glass out there? So there's a bunch of Sharpies. Yes, you'll use Sharpie, not on my wall, but on the glass parts. Take a Sharpie and just start writing out some of those words. And if you see your word already up there, great, add to it. You'll start to identify, you'll start to see, man, there's a lot of stressful. I was out there looking at it after second service. A lot of stress and busy, a lot of joy and fun and everything in between. So if you see your word already out there, that's right, add to it. Next week when you come back, if your word's changed, add another word on there. You don't have to cross off the old one. Begin to recognize each week this Christmas is and what is it. Because here's what we try to do, and at least we do this in my family. We recognize what Christmas is currently, but then we also start to hope for what we want Christmas to be. Right? We have our plans and our wishes and we hope Christmas will be like this. And so if you're like me, you do everything in your power to make Christmas like that. Like, no, no, we are going to have a fun Christmas. We circled the kids up and said, look, we are having family fun this Christmas. So get ready. You will have fun with us on this Christmas. We will have fun this Christmas. And so the way that we do it, we plan things and we make sure that everything works together. So if you were to walk into my house in our kitchen, you will see this on our wall. This is our Christmas bucket list. This ensures that my family has a fun Christmas this Christmas because we can't leave it to chance, can we? No, that'd be horrible. So what we do is we put a bunch of stuff up on that list to make sure that Christmas is what we hope 
it will be. So we put a bunch of stuff on there, and you can see yesterday we were busy. We didn't have a lot of things crossed off until yesterday. We're like, we've got to get rolling. We only have like two and a half weeks left. So we started doing things. We did the tree lighting last night with Dawsonville, which was so much fun. Kids had a great time. We did that. We had our pajama game night. If you follow me on social media, you know that this has become a big deal in our house. Throw, throw, burrito. Huge fans if you need last-minute Christmas gifts. We did the Christmas lights. We've done the snowball fights. We have had so much fun in the last couple days because of this. But here's what I would challenge you to do with me. Come and talk with me on December 26th, and let's see what that list looks like. Because you know how that goes, right? You make a list of here's everything that we want to do, and we're going to make sure we do this, and we've got plans for this, and we're going to visit this, and we're going to go there, and we're going to see this and do this. And then things happen. Life happens. Unexpected happens. You run out of time. It happens. And all of a sudden, what you were hoping for, what you were aiming for, the direction you were going and the plans you've made start to fall apart. Instead of the good news you were hoping for, maybe you got some bad news. The plans that you made were great until other people got involved, and now those plans have fallen apart. Plans work until life happens. So this Christmas is what for you? I would imagine between now and December 25th, that word is going to change a lot because life is going to happen and things are going to change and the unexpected is going to happen at some point between now and then because we know it happens and we deal with it. So what I want us to wrestle with this morning is based on your word, this Christmas is and what you wrote in there, I want to help you, through God's word, figure out how do we walk through that. Regardless of what the word is, how do we walk through it? Because it's probably not going to go away. It changes, sure, depending on our situation, but if you wrote down this Christmas is difficult, I don't think today is going to magically not be difficult. If you wrote down stressful, and I think it's going to be stressful for a little bit. This is the most encouraging thing you're going to hear all day. I'm glad you came. (laughs) If you're overwhelmed, you're probably going to be overwhelmed for a little bit. So how do you walk through it, depending on what this Christmas is for you, when the unexpected happens and when your plans that you were hoping for don't work out? If you've got your Bible, head to Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to see how Joseph, how Joseph had to walk through some unexpected plans. He had his whole future planned out, and then something happened We're going to see how he approached it and how God continued to lead him through that, which I think we can learn a ton from him. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Here's the story. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind, those are super important words, those four words. He had in mind, write them down, circle them, underline them, do something. We're going to come back to them quite a bit. Because he was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, time out there for a second, because there's a lot packed into just those two verses. More specifically, there's a lot of difficulties packed into those two verses. You think of Joseph and Mary, they're, they're engaged, they've got plans, they're doing all those things that fiancés do. 
They're excited and they're planning for their wedding day and the cake that they're going to eat. They're planning for where they're going to live and what their house is going to look like and, and kids and how many and, and what their life together is going to look like and what their honeymoon is going to be. All these great things they've got plans for. And then something changed where Mary's now pregnant. And it changed everything. Literally, Joseph's world would have been turned upside down. And you could imagine the, the little, the levels and stages of difficulty that he would begin to walk through, where it would start with just the difficulty of the situation. Like, I had my plans. I had our future all planned out. And now this changed all that. He would move from the difficulty of the situation to the difficulty of now, like, moving forward. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? What are people going to do? Like, how do I explain this? How does she explain this? What, what, what do we do with this? Now it's the difficulty of dealing with it. And perhaps the most difficult part of all is the decision. He has to make a decision. Does he marry her or not? And after walking through those difficulties, can you imagine the anguish and the wrestling and the processing Remember those four words? What were they again? He had in his mind. In other words, he was thinking through this a lot. This was not a knee-jerk reaction. He got the news and began to process it and wrestle with it and deal with it and cry with it and not sure what to do with it. I mean, I can only imagine the sleepless nights that he would have had. Because all he can think about is this situation. What decision am I going to make? Trying to go to work the next day. And all you can think about is, Home life, family life, and Mary, and what to do now that she's pregnant. Anytime somebody comes up to you, hey, how's your day going? He kind of grits through the smile and says, fine. But he's torn up inside because he doesn't know what to do yet. So much difficulty in such a short amount of time. He has to make a decision, though, doesn't he? So as a righteous man that took a difficult situation and tried to make the best decision he possibly could, he decided, because he didn't want to hurt her publicly, Again, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. Here's the next part of the story, verse 20. After, keyword there, we're going to talk about timing later, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be, what does an angel say to you if they ever appear to you? They tell you to not be afraid. Yes, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Timing is everything, we say sometimes. So here, Joseph got some difficult news, maybe even some bad news, he would say. My life is turned upside down. My plans are now changed. The future I had planned is no longer possible. So he wrestled with it. He comes to a decision. For him, it was a good decision, the best decision he could make in a difficult situation. He makes the decision to divorce her quietly. As soon as he makes that decision, God now shows up. Perfect timing to say, this is what you decided, Joseph? Well, you're wrong. Here's what I actually want you to do. Now, if I'm Joseph... I'm thinking this information would have been so helpful yesterday or maybe even a week or two before. Like, why are we having this conversation now after I made my decision and after I dealt with the difficulty and after I was in anguish and after I stayed up so late, after my heart's been torn out? 
God, it would have been very helpful if you gave me a heads up on these things. But I think God's timing is very, very intentional. He allowed Joseph to wrestle. He allowed him to walk through the difficulty. And then once he made his decision, then God helped course correct him. Once he made his decision, after he considered it, it was then the angel showed up. Angel showed up and said, ah, you're going that direction. No, you actually need to go this direction. Time to course correct. It's like the angel is coming saying, I've got good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? We always start with the bad news. Give me the bad news. Well, yes, your wife, soon-to-be wife is pregnant. Yes, by the Holy Spirit. I know it's weird. Just go with us on it. And then Joseph, I feel like, is like, okay, so my, my life is turned upside down. My life will never be the same. So what's the good news? I feel like the angel's saying, well, he is the son of God. Parenting's gonna be a breeze for you. Everything you say, he will do with a yes, ma'am, and a yes, sir. It's gonna be great. Here's the last part. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Difficult situation. What do we do with it? The angels have a very important part in the Christmas story. I mean, we read about the shepherds earlier. If you know the story of Mary, Gabriel, the angel, appeared to Mary, gave her some news. The angel appears to Joseph, and we're going to keep reading here in a moment. But in fact, Joseph got four angel visits. This is the first of a total of four, so there's three more coming. You have angels that visit the wise men in a dream. Throughout scripture, angels have this, this important role in being messengers of God and delivering important news to people. Now, what's interesting, and you guys probably know this, that angels all have this same greeting whenever they interact with a human. They show up, human is terrified, so the angel says the phrase. What is the phrase? Don't be afraid, do not be afraid. It's like they all went to, to like training school to be an angel. 101, angels 101, you always say do not be afraid because you're going to freak out every person you ever come in contact with. So they all do that, right? The angels show up to the shepherds, they're terrified, so the angels say do not be afraid. Right here with Joseph, she says don't be afraid. With Mary, she's scared, so the angel says don't be afraid. So that's like the first part, they all say don't be afraid, but then they all give a reason why not to be afraid. For the shepherds, they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid because we bring you, remember, good news of great joy. In other words, don't be afraid. This is good news. Don't be afraid. This is good things. You're not in trouble. For Mary, it's don't be afraid. You are found with high favor. You are favored. In other words, you've not done anything wrong. It says she was nervous about it. She was scared of this greeting, but the angel said, don't be afraid. You who are highly favored. This is a good visit, Mary good standing with God. But Joseph, and we see that, right? Don't be afraid, but here's why you don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is a good thing. Don't be afraid. This is good news. But Joseph gets a very, very different greeting. If you're not careful, you'll miss it. It says here that after he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, here it is, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Let me read it again. I want to make sure you don't miss it. The angel appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Did you see it? The angel said, don't be afraid, but no reason really why. He didn't say, don't be afraid, I have good news. Angel didn't say, don't be afraid, it's all going to be okay. 
The angel didn't say, don't be afraid, don't worry about it. The angel said, don't be afraid to do what you're called to do. Don't be afraid to walk the path that God has laid out for you. It's almost like the angel is saying, Joseph, don't be afraid, but it's about to get difficult. More difficult than, in fact, you can possibly imagine. So difficult, I can't tell you everything all at once or you're going to really freak out. So we're going to do this thing in steps and stages. Don't be afraid to do what the Lord is telling you to do, to take this next step. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. That's it. No warm, fuzzy feelings of you're doing a great job and everything's going to be fine. It's, it's about to get real. Don't be afraid, but keep walking. Don't be afraid, but you've got to make this decision instead. It's a difficult decision, difficult situation. And what we see here, and as we're going to keep reading, with every difficult situation that this angel is going to bring to Joseph, there are very specific directions given. And I find that true in my own life too. That with every difficult situation, I feel like God says, yeah, it's difficult, it's stressful, it's overwhelming, it's worrisome. And usually the other answer is, but don't worry about it. Yeah, it's difficult. That's the current reality. So here's how you can walk through it. Here's how you can continue to do what God's called you to do. Don't be afraid to keep going forward. With every difficult situation, there's very specific and intentional directions given. Now, let me read through. I told you, Joseph is going to be visited a total of four times by the angel. That was the first one. There's three more. I want you to look for those things because you're going to see that. Hopefully, you'll see that. Difficult decision, specific directions. Let me go through the rest of them. They're in chapter two. So after that whole happened, difficult situation number one, Joseph, your soon-to-be wife is pregnant. It's not by you. Congratulations, but you're going to have to parent him. He's going to be the savior of the world, but it's going to get difficult. So here's your specific directions. Name him Jesus and take Mary as your wife. That's all he had to do. Then if you keep reading in chapter two, here's the next difficult situation. It says, when they had gone, and this is after Jesus was born, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Number two, get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape. Anytime an angel tells you to escape, usually a difficult situation. It's a good indicator. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Do you hear the difficult situation? Herod is going to try to kill Jesus and probably you as well. Difficult situation, specific directions, run. Go now. Don't wait for the morning. Get up in the middle of the night and go to Egypt. The third visit we get from an angel, that Joseph gets from an angel. Verse 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, this is number three, in Egypt and said, get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. Now, this isn't as difficult as run, Herod's trying to kill you. So you ran, but it's still difficult. So you run to Egypt, and you start to get settled again, and you got your life, and you're starting to, quote, unquote, there's something called normal out there. They're probably trying to experience some of that, only to now get this third visit from the angel to say, time to go again, uproot everything again. It's supposedly safe back home, so now you can go back. Difficult situation. It's time to move. It's time to go again. Specific directions, head back to Israel. The last encounter we get between Joseph and the angel, verse 22. 
But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, number four, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. Difficult situation. Just kidding, we're not going to Israel. It's not as safe as we once thought. Specific directions, go to a no-name little town called Nazareth. And that's where you'll stay. For every difficult situation, God gave specific directions. Every single time. And that was up to Joseph to figure out what to do with those directions, right? That's God's part, right? He didn't take away the difficult situations. He just provided the direction. And then it was up to Joseph to follow or not follow. So what I want to point out is how did Joseph follow God's footsteps? If this angel was giving Joseph these next steps every single step of the way, how did he begin to follow God? Here's a couple principles we see through Joseph's life. The first one has to do with his decision-making, It started with a whole lot of thinking. This is good for all of us, especially in the holiday season. More thinking now means less regretting later because you can't take it back once you make the decision, right? You can adjust and course correct, but man, when that decision is made, the words are out. It's now, it goes from wet cement to solid cement. Solid cement's a lot harder to move around, isn't it? More thinking now means less regretting later. Later, That's why we know those words again. He had in mind. He wrestled with it. He processed it. He thought through it. Let me think through this now so I don't make a decision that I will regret later. So he thought through it to make that right decision. He made the decision with good intentions. But I would say, this is a little warning, good intentions don't always mean good decisions. Just because you have good intentions doesn't mean it automatically makes for a good decision. Joseph had great intentions. I would never fault his intentions here. Even God doesn't fault him for his intentions. Remember, Joseph was a righteous man. He followed the law. He wanted to do what was right. He wanted to still love and honor Mary the best that he could in a very difficult situation. Therefore, his decision to divorce her quietly. But as soon as he made the decision, with all the good intentions in the world, God showed up and said, no, this instead. We do that with our decisions, right? It's some kind of pros and cons list. On paper, Joseph's decision looked great. Sure, you're in a difficult spot, so you've got some decisions to make, and and here's why this, and here's why that. On paper, it probably made sense. But good intentions don't always make great decisions. That's where God steps in. And I would tell you, as you're thinking before responding and reacting, as you're trying to come to decisions this season that, that are the good decisions, the best decisions you can make with the information you have, those good intended decisions, at some point we still have to hold those decisions with a loose hand. Because when God showed up after Joseph thought through it and made a decision with good intentions, God still said, that's the wrong decision right now. And Joseph had a choice. Do I hold on to my decision? Well, God, you've already messed up a lot of my life and my planning, so why would I let you lead this? Instead, he took the posture of, this is so far out of my control, of course I'm going to follow you. Remember what it said? When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him. Right when he woke up, after all the difficulties and all the prayers and all the thinking and all the processing and all the, to finally get to the decision, for God to then say, nope, this is actually what I need you to do. For him to say, okay. He woke up and did what 
the angel of the Lord commanded. See, God's direction for your life is taken one step at a time. One step. Let's talk about timing again. Nowhere in here did God give Joseph or anybody in the Christmas story the full picture. Nobody got start to finish. Here's what everything looks like. Here's how this is all going to work. Can you imagine the angel's discussion with Joseph? The angel laid everything out. Yes, Joseph, your wife is pregnant. It's by the Holy Spirit. Herod, in fact, ruler of the world, is going to be chasing after you. He's going to try to kill you, so you're going to have to get uprooted. You're going to go live in Egypt for a little bit. Don't worry. You'll be there just long enough to get settled before I'm going to move you back to Israel, but you're not going to make it all the way to Israel because it's not going to be safe there either, so then I'm going to send you to Nazareth. Sound like fun? You ready to sign up? Man, no, we can't handle everything all at once, even though we say we can. God, why don't you tell me everything? God, why can't I see where this is going? God's like, you don't need to know yet. He gives us one step at a time. He gave Joseph one difficult situation with specific directions, one step at a time. Notice the directions given. First difficult situation, remember it was take Mary as your wife and name him Jesus. If I'm Joseph, I'm thinking, I can do that. <laughs> difficult situation number two, it's take your family and go to Egypt. Okay, that's heavy, but I can do that. Difficult situation number three, it's time to go back to Israel. It's I don't really want to, but I can do that. It's when we're actually not going there, we're going to go there. It's... Why would I do anything other than follow you? I can do that. Every difficult, every difficult situation, there's always specific directions given. But here's the catch. Aristotle said it this way. One of his quotes, he said, he who cannot be a good follower cannot be a good leader. I would imagine Joseph wanted to lead his family well. To lead his family well required him to be a better follower of God, though. What do you want to lead well? Lead yourself well, lead your family well, lead your friends well, lead well in the workplace and in your community. If you want to lead well, we have to first be able to follow even better our Lord. That's what Joseph figured out. Yes, he, he thought before he reacted and responded. That's a good principle. Yes, he had good intentions, but recognized just because I'm making decisions with the best intentions I have doesn't mean those are always going to be the best decisions. So every decision I make, I'm going to first go to God and say, is this it? In this situation, what do you want me to do? And I will commit to following one step at a time. Because to be a good follower, it requires two things, trust and obedience. We see that time and time again through Joseph's story. When the angel said this, he got up and did that. When the angel said this, he got up and did it. Do you see that over and over again? When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. So he got up and he took, his, the, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. So then he got up and he took his mother and child and they went to the land of Israel. So they withdrew. Do you see the theme there? Difficult situation with specific direction, with implicit trust and immediate obedience. Oh, that's powerful. Difficult situation. Very specific direction followed with implicit trust and immediate obedience. Now that sounds great, right? That's a great lesson from Joseph. Let's ask a how question. How in the world do we get to that place of trust and obedience, that fellowship? How do we get to be like Joseph in that? 
Because that sounds great, but how do we get there? Let me give you what I think he held on to. Because in every one of those difficult situations, Joseph never pushed back. He never asked why and why me and how's this going to work out. And there was implicit trust and there was immediate obedience. And here's why I think he was able to be in that, in that place. And I think we can be there too. Going back to the very first encounter Joseph had with the angel, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son. You were to give him the name Jesus. Up until that point, it's just instruction. Take Mary as your wife, name him Jesus. Here's the big part that I think Joseph held on to every single step of the way. Because, the angel said, because he will save his people from their sins. And later on, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I think Joseph held on to that truth and that hope, that every step of the way, God is with me. Every step of the way, there's hope of Jesus, the Messiah, my rescuer, my deliverer. Remember what we read out of Isaiah earlier? That mighty God, that everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Oh, the wonderful counselor. That's who we follow. That's who our hope is in. So when you get faced with a difficult situation and you're given specific direction, how do you follow with trust and, uh, and obedience? Well, you hold on with hope. You hold on with hope. So let me end with this question. This Christmas is, whatever you wrote down, this Christmas is, with that in mind, what does it look like to follow Jesus now? With whatever your Christmas is, fun and exciting and thrilling or difficult, worrisome and anxious, what does it look like to follow Jesus now in this Christmas season? Don't worry about 2020 yet, we'll get there, but I'm talking about that next step. What difficult situation, what are you facing today? What is that direction that God is pointing you to? And if you're gonna follow Remember what it takes? What are the two things it takes? Let's make sure you paid attention. Trust and obedience. Trust and obedience. Trust and obedience. I would say it starts with trust. Hard to obey if you don't trust, isn't it? Start with trust. That's where you give your heart to Jesus. I don't understand it. I don't always get it, but I'm going to follow you as my king. And that's the hope that we hold on to. Let me read it one last time. Isaiah chapter 9. For to us a child is born... To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's where our hope lies. That's who we follow. That's who's in control. That's who's in charge. And when our plans all fall through, when the unexpected happens, when hope starts to slip through your fingers, Trust and obey him one step at a time. So let's do this. If you'll close your eyes with me, I want to give you an opportunity to just identify some next steps. This has been nothing but like good information at this point. Let's put it in your heart. And let's make sure that you're ready to like start your week <laughs> this week. So you've recognized this Christmas is and you've filled in the blank to that. We've learned from Joseph kind of this, these good principles of decision-making and how to walk through these difficult situations. But at the end of the day, it comes down to trust and obey. In this season of your life, this Christmas, what does it look like to follow Jesus with your trust? 
where do you need to trust him this season? Where do you need to begin to just obey him? You probably know what he's calling you to do. It's harder to take that step. Jesus, we come before you and we don't claim that everything is perfect. Even though we hope for perfect plans and we hope for things to always work the way that we want, we know there's unexpected, we know there's bad news, we know that life is just gonna happen and it's just not gonna work out the way that we always want. So may we hold our plans with such a loose grip that you have permission to direct our lives. So Jesus, with every difficult situation, may we be in tune to your specific directions in our lives. And may we have the faith to trust you wholeheartedly, implicitly. And may we have the willingness and the obedient heart to follow through. You are Jesus, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, wonderful Counselor. We follow you with each and every step of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.